0: You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank.
1: Coming up, the latest episode of Ain't
0: No Seats. All right, folks, what's good? We are back. Uh, another episode, A No Seeds podcast, and the Hawks are five and one. I'm just gonna get right to it. They're five and one. They are very. I don't know. Are they? F- I, I should have done more research. Are they very clearly the third best team in the Big Twelve? I mean,
2: is there any? Need- been been thinking about that all weekend and today. I know a lot of people have said West Virginia. Um, but they not the haven't played anyone. I don't think Neil Brown's a great coach. They don't have a great QB. Yeah, like AB said, the standings. I, We got to be up there. I think K State kind of maybe deserves a pass for Friday night. I know they're not as good as they were last year. They lost to Mizzou. Mizzou's a good team. Um, I think they just were, were off Friday night. So I don't know if I want to quite give up on K State, but obviously we're biased and we're going to say KU is better. So. I think we obviously make a great case trying to think of other teams. If you guys have any to throw out, but I'd take KU right now behind OU and Texas.
0: Yeah. I mean, didn't mean to get us into a real quick debate on whether or not we were the third best team of the big 12, but the fun part about it is it's very much a real conversation to be having. And I think if you flashback, what a week ago, I think it was just me and AB here and We were talking about how this UCF game, you know, still questions on Jalen. We thought, I mean, their guy did come out and start, but obviously was not 100%. But it felt like a game that could truly swing this season in a really bad direction if, if KU came out and did not show up. But, boy, did they show up. I mean, that's one of the more electric performances that KU football has had in a long time. I think, you know, we kind of said after the four, zero start that have we really seen our a game yet? Um, that was it. And I think we saw it or pretty dang close. And the best part about it is Jalen Daniels wasn't even playing. So, um, I guess I'll start with you, B turn. Just give me your, give me your thoughts. Uh, does it change expectations at all are you where you were as of two weeks ago or are you where you were as of last week where are you at with this team
2: yeah I, I agree with you that it's kind of was a season defining game I mean KU loses they would have been four and two would have to scratch off two more wins to go to bowl eligible we would have had a losing record in the league now you're five and one a win away from being bowl eligible for the second time in program history it's crazy um and now we have a winning record in the league and Yeah, now you can make those arguments that KU's up near the top of the league. I mean, UCF was favored. They needed to win this game desperately. They had a vet quarterback, an experienced coach. They came in as an underdog, and KU just hat on hat, every play dominating. UCF knows KU's running the ball every play. Devin Neal, Daniel Hyshaw, McDuffie obviously came in too, but 51 carries for 399 rushing yards, 7.8 a pop, Fevin, Fevin. Five rushing touchdowns, we had 91 passing yards. Jason Bean threw for 91 yards. If you say that before the game, I feel like you start thinking Texas again. Jason Bean did nothing through the air. But you rushed for 399 yards, and McDuffie had two touchdowns. High shot, two touchdowns. Neal, 12 for 154. He literally could have had 300 rushing yards if they kept him in. Now he's fresh. Um, It was insane, man. Like I said, UCF knew we were running it, still couldn't stop it. It was unbelievable. We did whatever we wanted, and it's just wild thinking how far this offense has come and this program's come in a few years. We always talk about how like much beefier the players look now, and how dominant. Like two years ago, I remember, yeah, when we were at two and ten with Lance. I remember going down to like Stillwater, and we were trying to implement the running game, couldn't do it. They dominated us, and now we're just going hat on hat against a team we're a dog against, and blowing them out, putting up fifty points when you throw for 90 yards the entire game, it's just, it's wild to me. And yeah, with the gap, they've closed it to going from by far the worst team in the league to now we're having top three discussions and the two teams that are ahead of us are leaving the league after this year. It's wild to think about. And I'm just, I'm so excited, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
0: AB, you can give your overall thoughts also, but one thing that stood out to me is me and you last week talked about Jason Bean and, you know, I think we were fair. We said he was thrown into a tough spot, not a lot of prep heading into that game, but also we said, okay, now's the time. If we're going to sit around and say, Jason Bean is one of the best backup quarterbacks in the country. You know, now's the time you have to see that value. He's got to come in and he's got to win this game for you. If he truly is an elite backup quarterback in the standards of the rest of the country. And it's an interesting thing because like B turn said he had ninety one yards, but also seemed to be way more locked in with decision making. Uh, he was really good, obviously. So where are you at with I don't know, was was Saturday Andy Kodelniky just being incredibly well prepared? Was it Bean being really good? Was it the
3: all the O line? I mean, what were your takeaways from from just the dominance of the offense? It's a mix of everything when you win by that much, but, like, I, we said it last week, too. We were never going to talk shit on the play call and Mickey, the staff in general. But we did say, like, against Texas, clearly Bean wasn't doing it, but we ran the ball super well, it felt like, and they just didn't do it enough. And now it was, like, really, really good to see them commit to the running game, like, pretty I mean, how many passes did Bean throw? Twelve. Eight, well, eight for twelve. It's <laughs> insane. It's just, like... It clearly works. It's clearly what, like, the talent on the roster, the running back room we've talked about for two years now is one of the deepest in the conference, at least, if not the country. And it just felt like it's bread and butter. Like, Braden said at UCF knew it was coming every single time, and they just shoved it down their throats. Like, who cares? We're going to run right through you. And if that's the attitude we're going to have, that's very different than a lot of teams in the Big 12 play. So, like, it's not – and when we were between Lance and – was it Munkin? Is that his name for Army? Yeah. I was kind of Team Monkin because I was like, look, it's, we're not going to succeed trying to do the same thing that these other teams above us are doing. Like, k state yeah. did it too. They played a very different style of ball. And, it I mean, obviously, it could be an outlier. It was one game. I don't think UCF's run defense is anything that they're happy with. But it's, it's like an identity stamped on the team, hopefully, regardless of who's quarterback, J.D., Jason, I love it. Run the ball, control the clock, limit possessions against the big teams like Texas, Oklahoma. It's a way to win. It's a recipe to win, and I'm all in for it.
2: And, and every, sorry, I was going to say every running back that touched the ball averaged over seven a carry on Saturday. All three running backs had 12 plus carries, and they all averaged seven or more. They even got Lawrence Arnold involved, who had a carry for 10 yards. So it was unbelievable. And yeah, like you said, UCF knew it was coming. Like you would think. You would think stack the box, make Jason Bean beat you, but and they did stack the box and they're still handing it off and getting that many a pop. And yeah, you talked about last week. And I feel like people don't really understand how tough and unique that situation was. You have a whole week drawing up plays. They always talk about Kotal Nicky on like Mondays, how he draws up all these plays, and you're getting prepared for Jalen Daniels, one of the best quarterbacks in the country to play. Last second, I mean, the, the day of he gets hurt or whatever's going on, Jason Bean kind of have to wing it with the playbook, and we obviously struggled. I think Bean was 4-for-13 throwing it at one point. We didn't run a play in Texas territory until the fourth quarter. So it was a really unique, tough situation to just wing it at the last second, and I feel like got to give the offense and Kotelnicki a pass for that Texas game. And the fact that KU was still in the game, Late in the third quarter is wild. But yeah, that was such a weird situation last week. And now you have a whole week to prepare. You know Bean's the starter. You scheme guys open. You have Bean make simple throws. The throws he made were he made a couple deep throws, but there's a lot of stuff around the line of scrimmage. Um and yeah, they they having a whole week to prepare for who the quarterback actually is gonna be is just such a massive thing. I think uh
0: I think one thing we've talked about before that was really exciting about Lance and the staff when they came here was One year they were a dominant rushing team at Buffalo. One year they were great passing the ball. You know they they were good in different areas. And I feel like maybe that's a trend. If we see Bean for a longer period of time, like maybe this team's identity can become just a run it down your throat team. I don't know. It certainly felt like that was possible. It still blows my mind. You talked about a B turn, but to think that. Kansas football played a game where they just completely overpowered another Big 12 opponent it is just mind-blowing when you think about how overmatched we used to be.
2: I'm uh, telling you, like, if I texted you guys in the group or we were on the pod last week and I told you guys that Jason Bean was going to throw for 90 yards, you we would imagine we lose at least by double digits, right? I mean, we were, we know how good those running backs are in high Shaw and High and Neal, but Two guys that I do this podcast with seemed a little nervous um going into this UCF game mm-hmm. which you should be I mean quarterback's quarterback questions um Jason Bean he's put up numbers but how many games has he really won as the starter not I'm, we're not knocking him at all but you say before the game 90 we're going to throw for less than 100 yards against UCF tomorrow if I told you that Friday night what would you've what would you have thought the outcome would be
0: I would have thought we saw a very similar performance as we did against Texas, which was just a lot of plays where he's overthrowing guys, where they're <laughs> running read options all game that aren't working. Like it, yeah, it would have. It's it's crazy to think that we won the game we the way we won it. Now, I was gonna throw this question out: like, do you think during the week while Kodelnicky was prepping? Obviously there was an emphasis to go out and run the ball and I think keep things simple for Jason Bean, but do you think the game plan was to be that heavy on the run or was it just something where it's like, well, keeps working, let's just keep doing it. And they simply
3: never figured out how to stop it. I don't know if it was. It (laughs) could I'd like to think it was, but it couldn't have been, right? Like yeah, we're gonna gonna run the the ball fifty plus times. Yeah. Right. Like from the jump they were up big. Like there was never really a, like once KU was up 14-0 or 17-0, whatever it was, I think 17-0, it never, there was never a moment where UCF felt like they were in the game. So maybe it had to do with that, but I'd like to think it was just straight up with the personnel they had and matchups they saw and were just very committed to it. because so I think that's a good thing. And also we didn't talk about it. Oh, imagine the play action next week, boys! Just imagine the play action when teams start putting nine in the box, and we can get Luke Graham running a little in and out, and he's wide open for seventy. Fairchild over the seam, all of it. Jared Casey sneaky being a
0: little too quiet for my liking. I feel a massive game coming. For I mean, not quiet in an aspect. He's playing incredible. We in the run game. I mean, him, his blocking downfield is just so fun to. Watch. I mean, that guy just finds someone and just blasts them. He's He's incredible. He's another guy, and I think I comment this probably once every other pod, but it's so funny looking back on the Texas game, his body shape to what he looks like now. It's just crazy, not even from a coaching standpoint. The way these guys on this team have developed physically has also been incredible to watch. Um, God, I mean, just everything went right. Trevor Wilson returns the what was it? See, this is where I kind of oh. left for the wedding, and I missed. He it was the punt, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, it was a punt. But, I mean, that stuff never happens.
3: Like It was yeah, the first and... time since 2014. <laughs> I was going to ask. Really? I yeah. <laughs> think I heard that. That
0: was, I'll be honest, I was pretty devastated because, obviously, I'm at a wedding, and it's just like I watched the first half or the first quarter and it's just every time I check Twitter or I check the score, something yeah. exciting was happening. Like, it was just an absolute pumping for every second of the game. Now, it was also nice that I didn't have to stress at all while we're at a game. Well, Alabama was in a tight game as I'm at an yeah. Alabama wedding, so, like, there was no shot I was watching this game. Um, but, yeah, everything went right. The Trevor Wilson punt return, incredible. Uh, yeah, right. running game, any other
2: thoughts on it, b Turn. Well, Ryan, I was gonna say I don't know if you saw this, but Kenny Logan was inches away from breaking a kickoff return to the house. I mean, he should have scored on it. And every time he touches the like, he hasn't returned too many kicks this year. They haven't even put him back there. But I swear, every time that dude catches a kickoff um, and decides to take it, he it's an electric return. Like we've seen, we've seen him take some back close to midfield, but he's electric in the ki- kicking kick return game. Um, so yeah, like like you said, it, we've been waiting on KU's A game. And it felt like every aspect on Saturday, it, was, it really was an A game. I know um, Seth Keller missed his first kick of the year. I didn't even see that. But defensively, I saw um, someone after the game was saying, a little worried about uh, how many yards and points we gave up late. It's really not a huge deal. I mean, they're up comfortably the whole game. Like AB said, it was never in doubt you're going to you're gonna give up yardage um, when you're up that much. You're going to kind of sit back defensively. So we they rushed for 200 yards. That That's going to be an emphasis against Oklahoma State because they're going to try to get Ollie Gordon going. But I, A game from all aspects, I mean, the defense late in the second half really didn't matter. It was kind of like the Illinois game where you're up so much and they're going to put drives together. It's college football. So, yeah, A game from the coaching staff from the O-line. Running back room being made solid decisions. The defense was great. They had four sacks. Um, Austin Booker, what's a machine again? Two TFLs, one sack. It's it's one of the biggest steals KU's gotten from the portal in quite some time, I think. Got him I want from to the talk about a specimen. I mean, that guy is ju- he just looks like an NFL player. Did you guys see um, Gage Keys' uh, tweet after the game? Uh, so he Gage Keys came from. Minnesota with Austin Booker and Gage Keith kind of said imagine not playing this guy and it was kind of a shot at Minnesota how he wasn't playing there now he's here balling out and it's been a joy to watch but yeah that's such a huge pickup by this staff to get a guy like Austin Booker
0: and that's what I mean even just outside of this season it's so exciting to think about how good this staff has been at identifying talent in the portal and to think that yeah, we may see a bunch of guys leave after this year, but I'm pretty confident the staff can go out and, and find good replacements. Um,
2: and how much does it, like, obviously the talent matters, but I feel like anyone they get is going to progress um, on the field and in the weight room. Like, a lot of these guys right now were from the previous staff. I mean, Lawrence Arnold, Luke Grimm, the running backs, Shaw and Neal. Um, the quarterbacks were already here before they got here, so it's just wild. They're going to... Develop talent, and hopefully recruits around the area start to notice that, and just around the country. I think, like we talked about it a couple episodes ago, with the portal, I mean, you could you could offer playing time to a lot of guys on defense, on offense too. I think our NIL situation's great right now, so you go bowling back to back years. We shouldn't have any problem getting guys to come into Kansas right now. I mean, a lot of these guys could return next year, and yeah, it's it's just exciting to think about all the progress they've made since they got here and where we could be in a couple of years if this staff sticks around for a while. Yeah. See so why we can't like, be why can't we be one of the top teams in the Big 12? It sounds crazy because of how bad we've been, but we always say that how we're all hesitant to get our hopes up for how good this program could be. Why can't we be one of the best teams in the league when OU and Texas leave? Yeah. There's really US uh, not- State, UCF Yeah, there's not
0: a reason to think that.
2: You talk. I mean,
0: we can talk more KU K State, but like, yes, they're clearly the better program. But there's nothing about their, uh, like, there's no reason that if KU just keeps it going, that they can't be at the same level or better down the road than K State is. I'm just why not? Yeah, I mean, I don't. But all right. Won't you think on that a little bit, AB, we're going to take a quick break. I want to talk about maybe that, but also we got to talk Jalen Daniels. So um, let's take a quick break, but talk about, before we take the official break, talk about Home Field. Um, we say it every week, Home Field Apparel, they, they're they the best college sports apparel company out there, and I don't think it's remotely close. Um, I say it all the time. They've got the most unique, unique designs. You can go look for KU gear on just the main websites. You're not gonna find things that are unique at all. It's all gonna be cookie cutter. Homefield, they bring it every time. All their updates are incredible. Um th- they bring in the old school Jayhawk. B turn, I know that's probably not home field that you have on there, but um you've got a couple different Jayhawks on you right there. And Homefield is always taking those types of things and trying to get into just incredible gear that that we could never even fathom. Um We've also, we also say, even K-State, even Missouri, even Idaho, they've got fire gear that you're always going to be interested in. Like, You you see a new drop with home field, you're going to be peeking at it, even if it's not your school. So I'm telling you, if you haven't by now, which would be insane if you haven't, go check out homefieldapparel.com. They've got a wide selection of colleges. If you've got family that's fans of other teams, Buy them this for Christmas. We got Christmas already coming up, boys. People for yeah, forget. Right. It. It's coming. Um, right. So go, Bro. go represent, go buy their hoodies. Their hoodies are soft. I love them. Coming um, mean,
2: extra nice. We've been messing with Homefield before they were even like this. It's been a thing that's been going on for years. So we love them. We put our family, our friends on, and for good reason, like their stuff is unique, their stuff's comfortable. It's so good. Us been before. Um, they became a sponsor. So yeah, every, every school in the country, all their stuff is great. So yeah, we love them so much. Yep. So check them out,
0: homefieldapparel.com. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Thanks for
1: listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app, find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network.
0: All right, I'm not going to take us in a direction of debating on when KU can become a better program than K-State. It's just not something <laughs> I have the energy for. Um, but what I do want to talk about, and I'll be honest, I I was flying all day yesterday. I was working all day today. I've been pretty out of the news game. I guess, what is the latest on Jalen? I don't think there's much, right? We really don't know. Yeah. Um, but how do we feel about that situation? Like, I, I don't feel confident we'll see him this weekend. Uh, do you guys have anything that'll change my mind?
2: Yeah, I mean, the staff says day-to-day day they're going to keep things close to vest, a little gamesmanship going on. Some of the fans don't like it, but I don't... I mean, why, why do our fans deserve to know what's going on with him day-by-day day instead of just playing gamesmanship and messing with other teams and having them... Uh, prepare for two quarterbacks. So I know it's frustrating, but it's just something good coaches do around the country. I mean, you guys have seen it for a long time. This staff has done it since day one. So I I truly really don't know what's going on. I mean, I knew he wasn't going to play against UCF, probably not going to play against Oklahoma State. I think the goal since that this happened in Austin was to get him back for the Oklahoma game. You got a bye week the week before freaking massive to have him back for that game because I don't know if we can ground and pound against OU like we just did and hopefully do Saturday against Oklahoma State. But yeah, I truly don't know. There's a respected guy on Jayhawk Slant who said he was in Lawrence Saturday and heard that JD would be out for a while. Um, JK, the head guy on the football board, kind of responded to that and said he truly doesn't think anyone would know what's going on. So he kind of shot that down a little bit. I I think that's the case. Man, I really like they don't want this getting out. I don't think anyone besides the coaches really know what's going on in J D. It kind of that was the thing last year. I think only J D and the staff really knew. So I don't know what you guys have, but I I I just don't know.
3: A B. Remember last year when that guy tweeted out that he would be out for the season and everyone like killed him and then he was disappeared. Pretty pretty right, wasn't he? He played in the bolt. Yeah, he played late in, played against K-State. Yeah.
2: And then the bowl game, he played at K-State.
3: Yeah, he played against K-State. But I don't think anyone's going to try and break this story. I think we're just stuck with what they tell us and what we see. Sad. Yeah,
2: started against Texas, too, when Bijan ran all over us. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, so, A.V.,
0: the guy was very wrong. <laughs> well. <laughs> he played the last three games. No, I, sure, how sure. How but when he... half for the year? Oh, my God.
2: What do you say back to that, Anthony? Oh, Come on, give us something. that wasn't my main point.
0: I know it was more. It was not as much a shot at like AB. It was just more of like I think it shows that trying to be someone that goes out and breaks news with this staff and the way they conceal information is just a bold move. And I think a lot of it, I mean, a lot of it's guessing and you know, just taking a shot because I don't think the staff is telling anybody anything and I'm not convinced they truly just don't know the way it all happened with Texas just felt so weird that I do think you can either go the conspiracy route which I'm not going to go my route is just that something fluky happened with his back that they did not see coming at all something bad happened and now they're just kind of sitting there trying to figure out what the best next step is and how to get him back um smoothly my favorite I got a text yesterday bringing out the whole UCLA rumor you remember that one last year that Jalen was actually going to transfer to UCLA heard that one again
2: well yeah that's been that's been popping around from a lot of fans they think he's sitting and he's going to go to Michigan State with Lance Leipold and it's just wild to me because this dude could have transferred in the offseason and got big money NIL wise now you're five and you're what were we four and oh heading to Austin biggest game of his career obviously wants to go pro um would help his draft stock if he balls out KU's ranked and now he wants to decide to transfer when you're 4 and 0 because he can I- technically register yeah it's it's wild to me this dude is
0: 4 and 0 and he's a good season away in a bowl game win away from like truly going down in history as like Next to Todd Reesing, he'll be one of the most beloved Kansas football. He already will be. Like if he just finishes out his career at Kansas, regardless of what happens, Jalen Andos is going to be one of the most beloved Jayhawks of all time. So to think that and I get it, he's he's from California, but I just I, I can't believe some of the some of the stuff that I've read. I hate that we're even giving it yeah, any um, sort of <laughs> discussion, but
2: there's just a lot of different things circulating right now just a lot of different time frames a lot of transfer stuff which isn't true a lot of different injury stuff like what could the, what the injury could be kind of like last year um there someone close to the program that's been right on a lot of things was saying the other day like JD's good he told me JD's good he could be he could honestly be back for this Oklahoma State game and then I talked to him today and he says this could be an early November thing where he's back early November. So it's like, does anyone know besides in the building? There's no, I don't think there's any way. I mean, the guys that are super connected to the program, obviously like Vern and Bry. I don't, I truly don't think they know. I've talked, I talked to Vern every day. So I, I don't know. I, it's crazy. There's so many different things circulating. I guess you got to see it play out. People are coming up with c- conspiracies, I had someone that's a diehard fan that's close to the team trying to tell me that J.D. was getting loaded in Austin party and now he's facing a suspension, two, three-game suspension for something he did in Austin, which obviously isn't true, but there's just so many things going around.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. Um, I I think it all comes down to it's a back injury, and back injuries are weird, and they are hard to overcome, and they're hard to predict. Like, they can... I mean you can get out of a car weird and and mess up your back like it, there's so many ways that you can just tweak a back um and that's just the take I'm going to going to roll with now the thing about it is you said you know our coaches are obviously you know they don't they don't give up information which is fair but also what comes with that is this it's if you if you release nothing You're gonna get conspiracy theories and dumb things flying around, which is fine. It it really affects KU football in no way, Um, but that's just kind of what comes with being so close to the vest when it comes to these types of things. I just,
2: I wanted, I kind of wanted your guys' take on that. Kind of what I said about the gamesmanship. Like, would you rather KU play gamesmanship, um, and? have the other team on their toes preparing for two quarterbacks, even if they think they know who's starting? Or would you rather have them give the fans a daily update on JD because we deserve that? Like, wouldn't you rather just – like, do we deserve to know what's going on with Jalen Daniels every single day?
3: No, but I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I 100% agree with what Lance is doing, but on the day-to-day for us, it's just, like, so annoying to just not know. And it's been this for half of our games over the last two years. But also,
0: like, is there any point to it?
3: They really just don't have much of an update. Like, I also think that's very possible. Some of it. Now, obviously, yeah. But it's like if they did week one update, if you don't have much of an update, then don't say he's day to day because it doesn't seem like an injury where he's going to wake up one morning and be like, oh, he's fine now, he's good to go. So I don't think he's actually day to day. They're just saying that. The week one thing was kind of wild.
2: I mean, we had no idea, and then you walk in the stadium and. Announced on the video board that Jalen Daniels is a starter, and then obviously that didn't happen. Um, but I got I got one more thing on the injury situation. I don't know if you guys have paid attention or know this, but Bryce started a random Twitter rumor about JD hurting his back in the Frosted Flakes thing or whatever the thing. And K State fans have totally ran with it. Man, they think they think, asked me. Yeah. I can't what
0: somebody asked me at a game, like, is it true that happened? And I'm like are you kidding me? And I didn't know Bryce started that rumor. I hadn't even heard it, but it was hilarious for people that don't know. There was a rumor that Jalen got hurt throwing a football out of the stadium.
2: Yeah. A lot of KU fans believe it. And I think people that are probably listening to this, some people do just because that's social media. They see something from a respected guy who's been right on things and they're going to, but yeah, K-State fans think he is hurt from the commercial and I just, I guess, I want people to know that that's not true, but I guess it would be funny to keep running with it because Bry has had this going on for like two months now. Yeah, it's crazy, Um, but that, in a weird way, shows you how bad Kansas football is
0: because that's such a Ku football or Ku basketball thing. Like, think of all the theories with Remy Martin and all those, all the stuff that was flying around back then. Like, it's just great um, to be in a spot where. As annoying as it is, people care enough about KU football to to be this invested and in, in throwing around uh, rumors and stuff. Uh, okay, we gotta head in. We're gonna talk a little bit about DraftKings here, AB.
3: Yeah, and we are. We are going to take another break, but take it away. Speaking of things that it's got to be, an, or like people that it's annoying to that JD's hurt and all like the lack of news, do these bookmakers have any idea what's put the line at for anything? But if you want to take advantage of it, the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is sucking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. If you bet five bucks on any game this week, you score $200 instantly in bonus bets. DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of an even sweeter offer every day, or every game day this October. Uh, upcoming games, I mean, boys, it's a loaded slate coming up. It just always is. It's college football. It's Saturday. It's NFL. The games only get better in the NFL as the year goes on. I know Braden's excited. We're sneaky halfway through college football. Enjoy it while you can, boys. Get this so quick. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code KCSN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code KCSN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem, call 1 800 Gambler or visit www.1800Gambler.net. In New York, call 877 8 OPENY or text Hope 467 four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit CCPG.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. Licensee partner, Golden Nugget Lake Charles in Louisiana. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Uh, Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. That's DraftKings Sportsbook, boys.
1: Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play.
0: Wow, what a read! What a read by AB. Um, Legend. So we got Oklahoma State coming up. It's a game that I mean, had they got had, had K State gone in Friday and and won that game like we all thought by double digits, um, we'd probably be sitting here, you know, kind of already fist pumping like boys. We're we're gonna be six and one, and it's gonna be game day at at the booth when OU comes to town and. What's, I don't know, a, B, I mean, you whoever wants to take it can take it, but, like, what's the deal with Oklahoma State? Are they kind of back? Does K-State stink or favored by a little bit?
3: What What's, B, you say seem ready. Give me your take. I still don't think they're that good. They might be better. They tried, like, they didn't know who their starting quarterback was going to be going into the year, so they just let everyone have a chance, like Michigan did with the coaching staff when Harbaugh was out. Uh, they settled on Bowman. Uh, but also, like maybe a little pass for K State. We've seen a million upsets in primetime late night games and still blackout. Like, it's just weird that Friday game, night, too. Yeah. And I texted one of my K State friends before the game. This just feels like it's going to be a competitive game. Like, I know people think K State rolls. It's just an environment spot, it feels like. So I don't think Oklahoma State's that juiced up for 230 on what FS1 or whatever the hell we're on this week. Against KU, team football brand-wise is much smaller. They haven't lost at home to KU since 2007. That was a fun game. See that one pretty often. Um, but yeah, I still, I'm still i not sold on Oklahoma State. And the fact that we're a four-point road favorite, is that what the line is? Three and a half-point half. road favorite with a backup quarterback? Like, that kind of is Vegas telling us that they also don't think Oklahoma State's very good.
0: Yeah, Uh The thing I keep thinking about, too, is like, and I know different circumstances, injuries, things like that. But, I mean, we smoked these guys last year with Jason Bean. Um, And so you got to think Bean's going to come in confident. Uh, But I kind of love it. It, I feel like it is a perfect spot because they're not, we are not going to underestimate them which we should have never, but I think there's a possibility of had they laid an egg against K-State and lose 31-7 that we're kind of sitting there looking ahead. You know, we're hearing about game day rumors. We're hearing about playing OU for a chance to be in tied for first
3: in the Big 12, which is crazy. What- I don't even know what Brayden's laughing 12, fun. I'm giggling along with him because I can't help it. <laughs> I just think we smoked
2: these guys last year. Is <laughs> all did, time? Dude? Yes, we did. Killed them. Bean yeah. had that Bean long cry. Yeah, was that was wrong. so cool. Jason Bean stepped up to the challenge. Um, we needed a win. We had to find a win and get to bowl eligible, and that was the last win we won in the regular season. Um, yeah, he was. He received a lot of heat last year. I mean, we just weren't winning games with him. He still. Put up numbers, but yeah, that long run was amazing. Devin Neal had like 30-plus carries for 220. He could have done that last weekend. Before I kind of get into Oklahoma State, I wanted to ask you guys, and I guess you can tell me if it matters or doesn't. Do you think Oklahoma State winning the K-State game is good for KU or bad? I think great. I think great, which is kind
0: of what I was getting to while you were having a little chuckle fest over I just – thinking
2: about us smoking a team is awesome and just – I thought that was an all-time line. That was great. (laughs) Well, these guys. We did. Uh, uh, Yeah, no, like, I think it's good
0: because, what I don't know, I'd be interested to hear the other side of it on why it would be
2: bad. I just, Friday night, you have extra time to rest, I guess. I think you can look at it if they would have lost. Maybe they're just done, given up, probably can't make a bowl game. But I think if you lose, you have extra time to prepare. You're at home, Gundy. Um, he's a pretty good coach. So I guess he can look at it multiple ways because maybe the win gives them confidence, but maybe the win kind of brings them back to life. Um, and they, they maybe you kind of think they can't do it two weeks in a row. They can't play that well two weeks in a row. But it really felt like a mix of Oklahoma State being better on the defensive side of the ball, but it really felt like K-State just laying an egg on offense. I mean, Will Howard was 15 of 34. He threw three picks. Um, they, they ran the ball really successfully on the ground. Yeah, I agree. Nick just said in the chat that Oklahoma State didn't play well. I don't think they did either. They ran it well, but Bowman was still pretty stinky. Um, yeah, Howard was awful, and they they had a chance late in that game. Oklahoma State refused to put it away. They were just getting the ball back with a chance to put it away with the first down, running it three times, and getting like a yard of carry. So they gave K-State every chance to come back. They dropped a two-point conversion to get it to six. Shout uh special prayers to the guy that put 25,000 on the over. Um, God wants a soul. But yeah, Alan Bowman, They we, we talked about Oklahoma State. We always talk about Big 12 teams after um, episodes, and they kind of were going with three QBs with Wrangle, um, Gunnar Gundy, which is an all time name, and then Alan Bowman, who, yeah, AB brought it up. He transferred to Michigan after he was at um, Texas Tech he's just never really been that great like he he had a solid um first year at tech he makes weird decisions um at iowa so he, so i was brought up the three quarterback thing um they finally decided to just go with Alan bowman His two starts at iowa state he was 23 of 48 48 completion percentage he threw two picks case state on friday night he was 19 of 35 um, 54 completion percentage, no touchdowns. So he's 42 of 83 with a 51 completion percentage and two starts, which is just not good. Um, and so I'm just not scared of Alan Bowman at all. Yes, he can ball out. Ollie Gordon's been really good on the ground. I think you commit to the to stopping the run, stuffing the run, stack the box. You limit that. Um, make Bowman beat you in the air. I know Brendan Presley is a really dangerous weapon, but I feel really good about this matchup, like insanely good. Better than I felt about the BYU game. And I think I just don't think three and a half is the right line. Like I think KU's gonna win this game by at least a touchdown, maybe double digits, but I feel so good about this matchup. Um, even if Bean's the starter, I've been wrong before. I lose plenty of bets in my life. I'm probably 30% all time as a mm-hmm. single better. I mean, maybe lower. So I stink, but <laughs> <laughs> I feel great about this matchup. I think it's a great yeah. match for Ku. I thought it would be a six-seven point favorite. I know we're on the road. Hopefully, our fans take over that crowd. But so really. real- so that was great.
0: You threw you threw stats out. Well, I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna hit you with some dumb brain analysis. I, I like to do this during basketball season. I like, especially like to do this during football season because I know nothing. I just, my dumb brain tells me is Oklahoma State, a team that we said two weeks ago, sucked. I mean, they were bad, 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 bad. Are they going to win back-to-back games over ranked opponents in a season that would some would say is like their worst year in a long time? I just don't see it happening. That's my dumb brain, and now I don't care who starts a quarterback for us. Oklahoma State isn't going to win back-to-back home games against ranked opponents, and especially two ranked opponents from the powerhouse state of Kansas mm-hmm. in football. So um, that's – that's. I feel – I agree, B-turn, and I'm terrified of it that we both feel great about it. So, A.B., I'll leave it to you. I already know that you feel great about it. So, yikes. Give me your thoughts, A.B.
3: I want to take Oklahoma State to win so we don't have, like, everyone's picking KU. Um, I don't really – I'm not going to lie. I don't know a whole lot about Oklahoma State matchup-wise other than Alan Bowman's their quarterback and – this Ollie dude likes to run the ball. Um why not go in? I think the bye week being after this, it's like you're not saving anything. Like you have the next week off or at least a few extra days, or I don't know what their practice schedule looks like on a bye week, but just go out there and I don't know, go in with that mindset and take care of business, go on. If if they just play I think if they play an average game, I think they win this game. So like Yeah. I don't know. One one thing yeah, go ahead. Do you guys have more on Oklahoma State, or can I give like a? I I kind
2: of just wanted to say, um, Gundy obviously a great coach. He come up with a great game plan. He probably knows Jason Bean's going to be the starter. So, kind of look at the tape, and you you're going to know what Kansas is going to try to do. They're going to try to do exactly what they did against UCF and pound the rock. Oklahoma State hasn't been good at stopping the run. I mean, as bad as K State was Friday, they still had 38 carries for 226 a carry. So, K-State was still able to run it with no passing game. So, I guess Gundy could go watch the tape and kind of implement a game plan where you try to make Jason Bean beat you with his arm. And maybe they do stuff the run. I don't know. But they haven't been able to do it this year. So, I I guess that's my only thing is, Gundy, you can't underestimate a good coach.
0: Yeah. I mean, Gundy's always going to be terrifying. Like, he is – he's been around forever. He's good. Um, And Oklahoma State. I mean, you get all – we're going to get up. We're going to kick the ball off on Saturday, and you're going to just see that orange. You're going to see that logo in the middle of the field. You're going to see those uniforms, and instantly, I'm going to be terrified of Oklahoma State again. Like, it'll just bring back all the memories of them just stomping us
3: for years. Um, but I still feel, yeah. Can I go more dumb brain analysis to kind of yeah. give you an opposite thing here? Mm hmm. So you said two weeks ago, if we said Oklahoma State, they'd be two back-to-back top 25 wins, yada, yada, yada. We say this all the time with this KU football program. Was K State ranked? No, they weren't. Wow. They were not. I wanted to ask that. Oh, that's brain analysis. Oh, no.
0: Um, oh, no. Okay. We're,
3: due, we're very, 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 very due for a competitive game. Like, close back and forth. I mean, Nevada, I guess, but like, did anyone ever really feel like they were losing that Nevada game? I'm talking high stakes, KU Twitter's on fire, which it really wasn't for KU Nevada because half the fan base was asleep or watching Colorado, Colorado State. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But it just, I mean, go through the games this year Missouri State blowout, Illinois blowout, um, Nevada, whatever. BYU, I guess, a little bit close, but like, again, and, and the fourth quarter it was of it. Yeah. I think, second uh, half, yeah. Texas, a little bit back and forth in the third quarter. But again, Texas, I mean, we knew Texas was going to win. And eight. last week, it was never in doubt. So, like, and even last year going back, all the losses, none of them were ever like, we have the ball down by six, two and a half minutes to go. Let's go get a touchdown and win this game. It was, we're down 14. We just scored to cut it to seven. If we can get a stop, maybe we have a chance. But it, that's how every yeah. loss went last year, it felt like. So, maybe we're just due for a close game and maybe Oklahoma. I mean, it's just a coin toss in college football, but my dumb brain analogy is two years ago. If you said KU would be, you know, beating Oklahoma state back to back years and we're expecting to go on the road against a respected program and just dominate and continue to dominate and be three and one in conference with our three wins, all being double digits. That also feels a little bit crazy. So like, I don't know. Maybe we're just due for a close one. a we'll little stop the game.
2: I wanted yeah. to I wanted to ask you guys about us real quick, just from an offensive standpoint. Yeah. Okay. So, obviously, you rush for 399. You probably can't duplicate that performance. Is KU going to fall off a ton from a rushing standpoint? Or does it give KU and that offensive line and the Andy Kotelnicki and those backs just a shit ton of confidence going into this Oklahoma State game? And a team that hasn't been able to stop the run. Like, do you think he's going to be able to be very successful on the ground, or are they due for some regression after last week?
0: Yes, the both. Yes, I. And I, I just think we're at the point where it's hard to doubt this team from a running perspective. We've said it over and over again. Our running backs are incredible. Our line looked. Unst- I mean, obviously, UCF is probably not near the, I don't know, Oklahoma State's weird. It's hard to, like, judge them right now because it's, yeah. I'm so used to Oklahoma State just having this incredible talent, but and I still think they do to a to an extent, but I think like A.B. said earlier is I think we're going to come out, we're going to try and keep the running game going, but it's also going to open things up for Bean um, to actually maybe start to see the path I mean think about Bean, he's he, he's had some bad th- He definitely makes some bad throws and makes some bad decisions, but <laughs> got a good deep ball, doesn't he? Am I wrong on that? Somebody could roast on that. He's got or, the ability, I consistency. Feel like he's thrown some dimes deep. And like, I could see that being something where we run, 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 run. They fall asleep. Boom, bomb to Luke Grimm, kind of like AB said earlier. But uh, yeah, AB, what do you have on that?
3: Yeah, I like. I think if regression in its actual term, like they might run for 240 yards, like K State did, like they're they're not going to get 400 again. But I do think that they're going to rely on it big time. Uh, I have two notes before we go, mm-hmm. quick ones. First of all, the newcomers in the Big Twelve—they're combined one and eight, and their one win was when BYU beat Cincinnati, so they played each other. None of those teams have beaten like a true Big Twelve team yet. I don't think that that's going to be like. Like, I'm not trying to say that once KU starts playing the old Big 12 teams that the season's going to collapse. I don't think that's the case. But it's something to look at that maybe we're just dominating an extended non-con in a way. Um, I hope that's not the case. Number two, I don't know if we've said this guy's name on the pod, and I never thought I'd say it in KU. Shout out to Sean Snyder. Uh, Special teams last year was just awful. And honestly, I wouldn't say it lost us multiple games. But, like, definitely put us in a position where we didn't have a chance to go out and win a game. Like, the K-State game comes to mind, of course. But, yeah. We just muffed a punt, missed an easy field goal. I just mentioned that we haven't had a super close game. I'm going to feel a hell of a lot more confident with Seth Keller coming out to kick a 42-yard game-winning field goal than I would with anybody that we've had in the past decade. Yeah. a very comforting feeling to have, like, I didn't even know he missed a field goal on Saturday. Yeah, I
2: didn't either until, yeah, I Someone said it on YouTube or whatever. I don't know how long it was, but I did look at the box score and he missed one. Um, Yeah, what – off the top of your head, and I know it's tough because we haven't played a really good team besides Texas and they had 660 yards. Off the top of your head, like what worries you the most about this team? Like what would you say is the biggest weakness right now? Something on the defensive side? We still question the defense for sure. Through the air or in the run game?
3: Run game. Probably the run game. Yeah, I mean. But again, like, that's against, when I think of it, that's Texas gashing us. Like, I don't think Oklahoma State's going to be able to just do the same thing that Texas can, and Oklahoma might be able to in a few weeks. I just feel like our defense is, So I
2: just feel like all aspects right now I feel so good about. Coaching, offense, defense, special teams. Like, I just, I feel great about. I'm not saying the defense is one of the best in the country and the league, but I still feel fine about them just bending and not breaking. Um, they found a way to get big stops. I feel like defense has been so good at home so far. BYU's Slovis has kind of they kind of picked us apart in the first half, but they figured it out second half, and defense was great. So that even if the defense does struggle on a Saturday, I think the staff is so good that they'll make the right adjustments. Like dude, this staff, I could do an hour long podcast on the staff but they are so fucking good yeah
0: um uh-huh. okay so i want to do one more thing before we wrap up mm-hmm. we we love to i love v-turn just never wants them v-turn would go for five
2: hours we have to talk about a massive look ahead matchup
3: no, no 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 i know i know so we got a few weeks ahead we're on to Stillwater, mm-hmm. but this is what i'm getting at what is so i want to run two scenarios.
0: What are we saying on this podcast next week if KU goes in and beats Oklahoma State? Let's say we win 31 uh, 24. Just a pretty easy win. I mean, yeah, maybe we, it's tight in the fourth, but we win the game. And we come on this pod next week. We're probably ranked in the top 20. We are six and one. We have a bye week coming. We're officially either amped about. Jason Bean being really good, or we're amped about the fact that Jalen Daniels now has a bye week and could be back. Like, I guess I want to hear, what are we going to be saying at that point? But then I also want to hear the other side of it. What are we going to be saying if we lay an egg and lose to Oklahoma State? Like, when? I don't know. Does it, I think UCF, if we lose to UCF, I think you see a major meltdown from the fan base. I don't think it'd be fair to do that if we lose to Oklahoma State. I think the narrative may just be, hey, Oklahoma State's figuring it out. It's Gundy. It's Oklahoma State. This is what they do. Um, but I don't know. Is a meltdown pending with a loss, and are we going to be crazy insane if we win with predictions on Arlington yeah. I so mean, and one I think,
2: Yeah, I'd say, I think if they lose and Bean lays a stinker, I think, yeah, meltdown because everyone will be – Asking about Jalen and wondering what could have happened with Jalen. and But yeah, like you said, it's a three-point spread. If you go in there and compete and lose, we want to win this game. Expectations have changed, but I don't see, I don't think I would melt down. I guess it depends how it goes. I think going to the OU game, yeah, for five and one or six and one, we're going to feel confident and kind of be like a who knows. But I feel like us three are kind of going to go into that game thinking we're going to lose. I'm not saying we're going to get blown out. And A.B., maybe you're different, but... I, I kind of just wanna say like I can't think of a better time to have a bye week in A B. Maybe your top ten ranked in the country was just a little too premature and now maybe it's mm-hmm. coming after they beat OU um when we host college game day for the second straight year.
3: But you see, it? that's why I love to do this, boys. I know it was a one year anniversary of uh game day. Was it today or yesterday? But they're putting the, uh, the little tweet, hopefully, see you again very soon. Oh, yeah. It's like, it may, this is wrong. And my, yeah. my ears might be moving a little bit. KU football account or KU oh, athletic account. Like something like, hope to be seeing you again soon. Like, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty odd. If you just look at the games that weekend, it's pretty obvious. There's There's one other good game.
2: That we used to call Oregon, game? right?
3: Yeah. yeah. And, and the only then, one, that one that would scare me is Georgia, Florida, just because they probably want to get to Georgia. They don't play anybody this year, and that's just a big neutral site right Which I think will definitely happen if we lose to Oklahoma State or... Tennessee, Kentucky? Is that... I don't know. Kentucky kind of just... I'm so out on both of those. I'm so out on the middle of the SEC, boys. I just, like, it's so annoying to me that. (laughs) This is awesome. No, this is just a rant that I just have. I've been saying this for years and years. middle of the SEC. Yes, because that helps the top. And it's like (laughs) Ole Miss is not a good football team. Kentucky is not a very good football team. Tennessee is not very good. Florida is not very good. Mizzou, they're decent. LSU, I don't think LSU is very good. Their defense is awful. They have maybe the best quarterback in college football right now and obviously that's going to win you games. I said maybe. Don't give me a little. (laughs) And not, you know, draft-wise. My point is, is if Kentucky beats, or Mizzou beats LSU, or LSU beats Mizzou, because that's just what happens. LSU's going to fly up, and it's going to be like, oh, nice, and Mizzou's going to fall back down. But then it's going to be if Mizzou beats Kentucky, Mizzou's going to shoot way up, because the Kentucky win looks good, even though Kentucky hadn't played anybody. They're not very good. They're going to get, they are, they just lost and got smoked to Kentucky or to Georgia. I'm rambling and going crazy because this just makes me so mad. But the middle tier of the SEC just gets so much automatic respect from preseason polls and all this. Not I don't want to say bias, but just like obsession with that conference. They're never really that good, and it just like gives Georgia. Oh well, they didn't play a top ten team this year, but you know what? They have six ranked wins because they beat Tennessee at home, and that's it just was- stupid. It's really it. Like you mentioned, Florida, Tennessee, or Florida,
0: Georgia. But even like you throw Florida, Tennessee on my TV, I'm just not even that interested in it. No, like none of them. Those they just don't I mean. move the needle like they did in like
2: the or like 2010 and those years. Like I don't know. And but, there were I know there was there was outrage when LSU was still in the polls with two losses. I know they lost to they lost at Ole Miss in a good game in Florida State, but. A lot of people have even said if they were in a different league or different conference, they definitely wouldn't have stayed in the polls. I'm not saying the top 25 is everything at the end of the day, but just that's that literally describes
3: the SEC right there. Three and two team sticks in the polls. There's no reason. This is just very broad college football now. I love it. Um, obviously, (laughs) we think it's cool that we're ranked 23rd, and that's like kind of where we got we're going to be if we want to be ranked, unless we just have a dream season, but like. Why, why do we have a top 25 like especially with college football and I know they start doing this as the season goes on can't we just live with a top 10 or a top 15 or a top 18 with the 12 team playoff coming like I don't know 25 just seems having a little like, number next to the name help I with know ratings, I get it' games I get it but it's yeah. just like I don't know it just drives me a little bit crazy because those teams aren't very good, but they're credited the same as beating like a number 11 team at home. You know, I haven't, it's like the a quad one thinking about that, but it makes sense.
2: Um, I don't, I feel like we probably couldn't determine this off the top of our head. We'd probably have to look at games, but if we win Saturday and then you have a whole week off, there's obviously going to be ranked teams that lose this weekend and next weekend. What could we see Kansas being ranked around going into that Oklahoma game? Yeah, like a fifteen spot because you got like I said, you got two weeks. If you win Saturday and then you're off, you're not gonna drop in the polls. You're gonna yeah. probably move inside at least the top twenty. And OU's they're they got UCF, they're gonna run all, all over UCF. So they yeah. they're the top five right now. They could be this could be like a what top five versus top fifteen at the booth for game day.
0: Yeah. I mean I think I think our best case is Probably like, I think we would have to absolutely annihilate, like, have a statement type win over Oklahoma State to get close to top 15. I think most likely you'll see us at 18, 19. Um, but also, team, I mean, in that two week stretch, there's going to be teams that lose one
3: or two games. So uh, I don't uh, know. It Yeah. One more thing on that matchup, just, you know, a little look ahead at Oklahoma's schedule. The week after KUOU, and this worked so well for KU Texas, but the week after KUOU is bedlam. So maybe a little look good for them, even though Oklahoma State stinks. Um, and then,
2: I hate doing this, but no boy, we don't believe in West Virginia, right? Does their K- schedule their
3: schedule soft?
2: Do we control our own destiny to play in Arlington? No. If we beat Oklahoma.
3: No, because it would be a three-way tie, and then it's all sorts of tiebreakers. If Texas and OU both go
2: eleven and one, part of me thinks—I'm not saying we're going to Arlington, but part of me thinks Texas losing that game could come back to hurt
3: us. I know. I yeah had the same thought because then it'd be like a true tiebreaker game against Oklahoma. But also, I don't think there's going to be three Big Twelve teams in like the top eight in the country. All eleven and one going into that would be insane. insane.
2: I feel like I know it's OU in Texas, so we just automatically assume they're a wagon, but I feel like both their schedules don't seem very tough. Dude, West Virginia's schedule is its, it's insane. insane. The Big 12 is so bad this
0: year. They get it's so bad. Instinct. Win Oklahoma State, win UCF, win BYU at West Virginia should be a win. Then they'll lose to Oklahoma. Then this West Virginia. Then they play at Baylor. What a joke. This is the worst schedule I've ever seen in my life.
2: That is so bad. West Virginia's going to Arlington. To be honest, if it was OU or Texas versus West Virginia in the Big
3: 12 title game, that game's 65 to three. Dude, that's crazy. I guess I have just, it's I'm a real shame. At all. I haven't looked at this yet. I wanted to, but how many teams in the Big 12 got scheduled with both OU and Texas? Because it is a tough break. I know it's – and we've benefited from this before. 07 probably doesn't happen if we don't get the easy app, the Big 12 South that year. But, boy, imagine getting not, both of those teams and they're both being like top 10 teams, legit top 10 teams is, is pretty
2: annoying. You know Yeah, what, imagine not what, getting that tex- – replacing that Texas game with nearly – literally Team in the league, not – Yeah, new. dude. Because we have OU, and it's at Texas, and we played them – we played both last year. So, yeah, man, like, that is –
0: I sneaky think,
2: I don't know. So,
0: West Virginia doesn't <laughs> like K-State either. I mean, even that, like, that would be such a game for K-State to win is, like, West Virginia's hot, and then K-State comes in and, like, beats them. Like, I feel like that's the thing K-State
3: would do. What a joke. Yeah, can we uh, go through I another thought experiment here? Read the rest of KU schedule and tell me it's not. doesn't look super soft. That's the thing. I just pulled up
0: OU in Texas, and you read it. It's like, all these teams stink.
2: Right. But then, Here's like, the but like, I still feel like Tech and K State are pretty good football teams. Like,
3: that, right? But they're both at home. Like all the the, yeah, the worst that, teams we play are on the road. And I, like, we have a top so five fun.
2: team. But like, th- even th- like thinking about Tech and K State compared to West Virginia's schedule seems wild. Like, dude, our- you know who kind of has a
0: brutal? I mean, like, <laughs> K State still has to go to Texas Tech. They still got to go to Texas this week. They're right? going to go to the booth. Like, K State is sneaky (laughs) sneaky in bad shape but also i'm gonna throw this out there right now k-state's gonna win in austin that's my official prediction i hope so Emo, maybe i know i know like i'm listening or i'm i'm sitting here looking at future schedules (laughs) my theory of K State going into beating west virginia after west virginia is hot like i could have seen that happening if they were on the schedule but now i'm like they're gonna beat texas that would be such a k-state move like they lose to Texas Tech or I don't know, they squeak by Texas Tech, the fan base is still melting down, and then boom, they go into Austin and win. They've done that with OU before. It would be a K-State
2: move. I I will say it will be very fun to scoreboard watch if we are in the Arlington talk late in the year. Like that's gonna be a lot of fun. We
3: talked about that last year, but boys. We're such a if we're if we're truly gonna be in the Arlington talk, we're not stopping there because eleven and one of Big 12 champ, twelve and one. You know where they're ending up in the playoff, so and yeah. we're going to be school watching Florida State, but and I just Michigan Ohio and see what happens because <laughs> the twelve and one Big Twelve champion is going to be the three seed, and they're going to lose to the Michigan Ohio.
2: I do, <laughs> I do want to say. Wrap this up. Yeah, I do. I do <laughs> want to say though, if we if we think we're the third best team in the league, like why can't we at least have get our hopes up for Arlington? I know OU Texas. No. Oh, U is likely going to be it. I get it, but if you think you're the third best team in the league, we
3: why not? I've, hang in. I've got a tweet. Let me give me thirty seconds to find it, but I, I want to make sure you don't end the show before I do. Yeah, I want to say like the fact that
2: Lance Leipold and KU was a dog on Saturday against UCF, and you come out and beat them fifty-one to twenty-two. I think it's so impressive. Like you just beat a team that people think could be one of the better teams in the league going forward, just because UCF's in Florida, but. 51:22 at the booth as a two-point dog and you two numbskulls were nervous. It's so impressive. 400 dogs. I know, but right. that that's so impressive to me. 400 rushing yards, you're a dog. UCF needed to win. You dominate from All right. first snap.
3: Finish I guess that's and then wait, we can wait. wrap it up. From known KU hater and KCS and colleague, John Kurtz on Twitter.com, <laughs> now known as X, this is good. And this is when I truly started to believe, oh, is pretty damn good at football. Quote, yeah, there's no doubt who the third best team in the Big 12 is. KU getting OU in Texas this year was a tough break, or else they could definitely be in Arlington. When wow. when people that normally will do anything to hate on KU start complimenting KU in a non-response, they just go to do it themselves, that is pretty telling, I think. And when I saw that, it was almost like, gave me the confidence boost I needed to be like, all right, I'm not... I'm done laughing at possibilities with this team because who knows. Seriously, we've been doing it now for two years straight, and we
0: laughed at ourselves for saying 4-0, 5-0 last year. We laughed at ourselves for saying 4-0, 5-1 this year. We're for real. Lance Leipold is incredible. Um, But, boy, after that last five minutes, we just had, boys, we better freaking win this weekend in Stillwater. I will tell you that. If we don't, I will have
2: this segment deleted off the airwaves. Man, uh, getting getting two teams that have been ranked in the top five this year seems pretty tough, but you play who you play. And I just wanted to say the booth was the booth was great Saturday. I thought it was the loudest the crowd has been all year. Everyone was engaged. Yeah, people left at halftime, but I'm fine with that when it's a blowout. Yeah. I'm not saying do it every week. You should still stick around because we've seen UCF blow a 35-7 lead last week. So I the BYU game, yeah, that frustrated me because it was tight. We were losing by three. But UCF, I'll give them a pass. I, I tweeted after the game Saturday. KU fans, I don't know how much tickets are right now, but it would be so cool to see a lot of crimson and blue at um, T. Boone Pickens Stadium, whatever it's called on Saturday. It's a four hour drive from the KC area. Go to the game. Um, it's tickets for 20 bucks when I looked Saturday. So it'd be so cool to see everyone together. Hopefully, seeing us go bowling for the second straight year, we'd beat Oklahoma State for the second straight year to go bowling. And like I said, we've been bowling back-to-back years. One time in program history, it's so insane to think about. We've been a football school for like what 100-ish years. I don't know what it is, but that's just so crazy to me. So we have a chance to do it again. Tickets are cheap. It's not a long drive at all. The game's at 2:30. Be over by six. You can come back to KC wherever you live. Or obviously he can stay and party at Eskimo Joe's or something
0: yep what he said um, that's it appreciate you all for listening we will be back next week for what I imagine will be an absolute banger of an episode if the Hawks go into Stillwater when that football came so uh, we'll see you then have a good rest of the week and rock chock.
1: thank you for listening to KC Sports Network we appreciate your support don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.